Holy shit. Hey, why were we smoking out of that thing? <laughs> I was like, fuck you, because of your bone water. I'd, I'd also like to point out, you know how uh, like a couple episodes ago or whatever we were talking, I was like, all of my fucking viewers come from the UK. Yeah. The, the YouTuber that followed me. YouTube, he, he's UK. from the UK. <laughs> His hey. Twitter literally says it. That's it says awesome. UK. I'm like, God damn it. That's awesome. <laughs> Why is everybody from the UK out here? Fuck yeah. Let's go. Yeah, we need to go to the UK. They have a lot of funny content. The UK. Australian YouTubers. Aussie Man Reviews. Yeah. Aussie Man's hilarious, yes. honestly. Um, he's not from the UK, but I've been watching a lot of Mitten Squad. Mitten Squad is fucking hilarious. I'm serious. What do they do? Mitten Squad does, uh, he does, um, like, challenge videos, like, can I beat Fallout? Literally, he does one where, can I beat Fallout without moving the camera? He does. It's fucking nuts. Wait, what? Yeah. Without moving the camera? Yeah. He he unbinds his, um, camera functions and plays the game. Yeah. You can, you, you use the Pip-Boy. You use Vats. To move your fucking camera. Wow. It gets yeah. rough. It gets really fucking rough. It's yeah. so cool. He does things it's like kinda, that. Yeah, it's and like he's the zombies so who do like the Easter eggs and they try to break them. I mean, doing an Easter egg and being able to at least move your fucking screen. <laughs> no, but it's like challenges. You yeah, know what but I mean? Like they try to break the game and see how yeah, like that's an interesting how quick can we do Yeah, the no, Easter Mitten egg. Squad is fucking hilarious. Who wants to play this game, but we're not gonna move the camera. Yeah. Just he and he does rest. stuff like that all the time. Like he did Titanfall without getting into a Titan. Um, Ooh, wow! You can't do it. You can't. One, the game forces you to get into a Titan at Makes one sense. point, and you have to kill the things with the Titan. So right there, challenge gone. But the third boss, I think her name's Viper. She, he literally couldn't beat her. He's like, I restarted the level. I saved everything. He's like, couldn't do it. <laughs> he literally on the video, he's like, so if anybody manages to beat this boss with video proof and tweet out hashtag Mitten Squad sucks, I will give you one hundred fifty dollars in your fa- in your favorite uh, like Steam gift card or That's whatever. Cool. <laughs> Knowing it's impossible. Yeah, he, he's. Fucking, what was uh? What was that one uh, Star Wars game where you fight like Darth Vader? I think it's right in the intro, essentially. I've never played any of the Star Wars games. I've seen the Old Republic played. All right, because there was this challenge I watched where in the game, you have to let Darth Vader beat you, and it's one of those like... Oh, you have to. Yeah, you have to, but people are like, what happens if you do kill Darth Vader? But it just doesn't work. Oh, I was going to say, it breaks the game. Yeah. (laughs) I love those. Like, Demon Souls, um, you're expected to die in the tutorial. Like, you are expected to get through the tutorial, and then there's a big boss, and he's really fucking tough to kill. You are expected to die there. It actually progresses the game. But if you kill the boss, you get a bunch of loot, and then progress the game anyways. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like things like that when developers put those in. It's like, yeah, if you're amazing at this game, <laughs> you get this extra reward. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima was like that uh, right in the beginning. You can go through and try to fight Coat and Con. I think that was the one video I watched where... A guy was trying to just beat the yeah boss. yeah and you can yeah. you can like get them down but all it does is just like uh, cut you up to the to the cutscene ah uh, like you can beat you can get him down but it just doesn't do anything it doesn't do anything yeah, yeah. it's not hey, like it you happens. actually killed him he gets the best the best of you no yeah. yeah I love things like that and I'm I'm excited to finally get streaming with my friends again because um, yeah. I like I haven't talked to Golding today was the first time I've talked to Golding in like over a month. Uh, like lit- yeah, I literally the only thing I had I I sent him one message, and it was asking him if he would Photoshop a picture for me, <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That's the last time I've talked to him. Like I said, which he's been on for a, 
If you haven't seen the picture, I'll, I'll here I'll show you. It's beautiful. Uh, I made it with a tweet, but I mm. tweeted it out. Mm-hmm. It's I had a picture of my dog, and it's I mean it's the center picture, like him, and it, I always call him Doglet. Mm-hmm. So I sent Golding that picture. I sent Golding that picture. I'm like, hey, could you? Put two extra heads around him, and then he can be evolved into Dog Trio. That's awesome. Yeah, and, I saw that on. And Golding, Golding did it because Golding's a bro. <laughs> and um, but that was it. I and I didn't even talk to him. I just sent him the messages. So I'm really hoping my uh, test results come back soon, so I can just tell my current employer where to stick it mm-hmm. i'm not putting right, in a two usually, weeks that's usually like a same day process you still have i'm on a right? i'm on a controlled substance they have to send it out yeah <laughs> i fail i will fail every single drug test i take at this point in my life yeah. but for what it's meth asking? essentially oh you're taking i'm on i have adhd or... yep okay so An amphetamine yeah it, it's meth they they, uh, they see the test and are like meth so have you ever have you ever actually those? seen a, a script of them? What it says? I know it says no. amphetamine salts. Yeah, it's amphetamines. <laughs> That's what it is. It's an amphetamine. Yeah. Now, do you have to tell them before you take that test? Be like, hey, just so no. you know, I'm good. No, I, by law, I, I say by law, I don't have to. Um, I am not out for further. They, yes, that's the thing. When when you yeah when you fail, um, they they're like, okay, we detect something in this we need to send it to the lab for further analysis they send it out and then last time it took like three business days yeah um technically friday would have been like the second business day so i'm expecting a call on monday um i'll get a call from a doctor or from whoever is doing this and they're like they'll be like hey you know we detected amphetamines in your and your oh, pee. Shit. And they'll be like, do you have any reason that we would detect this? And I'll be like, yes, I'm on this medicine. They'll be like, okay, what, what's your pharmacy number? They'll call my pharmacy Just to, verify. to verify that I have a script and verify that it's active. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, okay, you pass. Cool. Um, Good old FQ. The last fucking guy, though, that did it, he was after me. The fucking the guy that called the doctor he was trying to fucking make sure i didn't pass for the job you have now trying to do that well it's a third-party company that does these because obviously none of these employers are going to run their own medical office (coughs) but yeah the guy that called was he was really fucking grilling me Hmm. he was he's like is there any is there any reason you have this like why why is this in your urine he was like fucking going hard it was so bad that when he called my pharmacist my pharmacist even said to me when i talked to him my pharmacist was like yeah that guy was like pushing really hard he's like he even asked when the like if you picked it up like the last time and like when you like he was asking questions he was asking questions that he's like they normally don't ask they normally just call say hey do they have the script yes okay done he's like he was going in i was like i thank you thank you for validating that this man was after me they just see a hippie looking guy yeah like you can find them right here on Room to Talk. Yeah. What's up? It's Room to Talk. I'm Bud Walker. And I'm Seth. And Pappy here. God damn. Unfortunately, we will not be having uh, Mike with us this week. No Mikhail. No. Not feeling the greatest. Mike doesn't feel too well, so he wanted to, uh, given the uh, 
current status of the world. Obviously, he didn't want to uh, risk anybody's safety. Not that he has anything bad, but he's just being extra careful. Hey, you never know. It's better to err on the side of caution. Yeah, like exactly. And I, we uh, we miss him, but we appreciate his uh, caution. Yeah. I However, <laughs> Mike might not be here, but... His news articles are... Mike's news articles are still here. He still sent them to me via the email, so we are able to still... So don't worry. Mike at 11 is still a go. Yeah. Well, at first he sent me last week's emails. Oh. Or last, week, last week's last news week's articles. News I was like, wait a second. I was like, these, look from, these sound familiar. To be fair, I could probably browse Reddit for a hot second and find half of them. Oh, yeah. They, all, they pop up in my feed all the time. It's hilarious <laughs> how many of Mike's news articles he, he reads, and I'm like, I saw that headline like, a day ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm like i didn't read it like i didn't go into it to read it but i saw that headline damn it that's what i think is so funny it's a bunch of shit that exactly that we would find anyway yeah it's 100 (laughs) percent. these are the kind of things that pop up in my feed in uh reddit all the time and i love it hell yeah well you ready to get into them so we can uh, yeah well okay actually sorry hold up I'm getting too ahead of myself. Uh, this episode is Lizard Men Part 3, yes. and we're finishing up the Lizard Men from uh, the Warhammer series. Um, give a little background of where we were leaving off before we get into the news articles. Well, we left off right around the Age of Awakening, which is, um, according to this, 2303 IC, which don't know what IC stands for. It never came up in the uh, hmm. in my research, and I never thought to just Google it really quick. You think chaos has something to do with it? It might, um, but that leads from there to the present. Okay. So this is where the lizard men essentially fi- kind of start coming out of the jungle to do things. They meet. Well, they they already know of the other races, but they start interacting with the other races more. Like the dark elves are leading raids into the heart of the. Um, the jungle using their underpaths oh, okay, um, okay. and stuff like that. So this is where the lizard men kind of go from being shrouded in mystery to the other races to being like, Hey, there's goddamn lizard men in that jungle. <laughs> holy <laughs> like, shit. Holy shit. They're fucking nuts too. Like the jungle of fucking death. Yeah. Like the jungle is going to murder you with, you know, giant man eating fly traps and shit like that. Oh, sentient quicksand. I still can't get over that. Yeah. I remember Fuck the, that. Sentient quicksand. Fuck sentient quicksand. Like, can you think of a more terrifying thing to run into in a jungle? No. Just quicksand in general is fucking like, fuck you, but like, yeah. sentient? No. No, like, I'd, I'd fucking fight a lion any day before I fight fucking sentient quicksand. <laughs> I'd fight a lion Give me a any lion. Day. Yeah, give me a tiger, give me a jaguar, a lion. Fuck it, I'll take all three before I take sentient quicksand. Yeah, like, fuck that. At least with that, I'll probably die quickly. <laughs> All right, let's get into these news articles. And boy, I uh, I want to read that second one. You, <laughs> this one, the one about the teacher. Okay, that's, Pappy's yeah. like dibs on the that, second I, one. See, I, was, I wanted you to read that one because I because I knew that you'd probably be able to explain it to me a little bit more. I actually saw the video. Oh, he, he left a link. Which wait, is it about the teacher in France? Hold up, we'll get there. Okay, no, it's we'll actually, get there. No, it's Illinois. in Illinois. Ah, okay. So sorry. Um, so anyway, huh. for the, our first one. I have Shit. something you know for what? later Fuck if you'd it. like. Yeah, I'm curious about Pappy, just read. Just We're going to take the second one to the first one. All right. Pappy's going to read this one. So, 
In this article, a teacher is convicted of pouring liquid nitrogen on students' groin. What? Illinois officials say. Ouch! Yeah, that's the sound it makes. I Congratulations. Saw this, I saw this video. Like, Mike, Mike was nice was enough to leave video. that link there. What? Yeah. You left I, a, there's a link? Yeah, you I'll can shoot. watch this? Yeah. Oh, my. Someone, obviously, like, kids in the class just, like, posted it and stuff like that. And, uh... Yeah. Who the hell has their phone out in the middle of class? It's like, my wow. teacher's about to pour liquid nitrogen. I got to get this on fucking camera. Everyone. <laughs> Especially because of this. Like, damn. All right. So it says, Gary Broderson, a former chemistry teacher at Bartlett High School, was convicted Wednesday of reckless conduct and endangering the wealth health of a child. Uh, and you know, it's both. <laughs> Welfare and health. Yeah. In May of 2018, Broderson 66 poured liquid nitrogen on a student's chest and groin area during a science demonstration, according to the DuPage County State Attorney's Office. Like on accident or on purpose? No, 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 no. In the video, the the kid's laying on the ground, and it's very, like, he's just, like, slowly about to just, like, and he just pours it like a little bit on his chest and stuff like that. And then there's just like a little bit. And then he just, and it, and then he just drops it right on dude's balls and just, oh, yeah. and no. kid just immediately just, you know what I mean? He go, he grabs he grabs for his groin and stuff like that. And he stands up and yeah. And nuts are gone. Oh, damn. Yeah. Why? Why would you ever fucking do that? You're yeah. a teacher. You should be smarter than this. Well, hold on. Okay. So the chemical burned the student's groin and finger, officials say, clearly. A small amount was meant to be poured on his chest. A student at the high school told the Chicago News outlet in 2018, he poured all of it on him and it instantly burned him. Well, yeah. It's liquid nitrogen. I yeah, know, bro. but so they were meant to pour it onto his chest. But it the must be part was of us just having a shitty day. I was like, man, I, I, I'm ready. I mean, to the go teacher's jail. 66 years old. He's been teaching since you know schools were a little bit different back then. And those liquid I, nitrogen I, containers are big and heavy. He's yeah, cool to be trying to fucking pour. Yeah, it. like it could be a, an experiment that was approved back in like. The, those days I mean, uh, that should not happen in today's fucking I mean, day and age though what's that fucking thing called where you can actually like not burn yourself it's what what are you talking about here like if it's liquid metal you can actually like oh, swipe it with your hand if you have water it, over your hand yes because it because that barrier it, that because small, the water instantly turns to steam which creates a layer of air between yes. you and the metal oh, God, yeah mythbusters mythbusters did a thing on that and it is true. If you have, if you dunk your hand in water and just fucking slam it in, uh, you have to pull it right the fuck back out. But apparently, and I'm not advocating that anybody try this yeah, by any fucking means, but apparently it's a thing. Apparently that works. You can um, just dunk your hand in liquid metal if it has water over it, if you pull it the back out quick enough. Effect. God damn, I knew there was a I knew I knew there was a name, but I was uh, yeah, I wasn't I even gonna try because I had no idea. Um, yeah, but on top of that, the thing I was talking about in France, uh, if you didn't see, you know how that one teacher was beheaded for um, anti-Muslim um, like things. France, yeah, they beheaded. No, no, a, a teacher. Um, the way the story went was a teacher showed an image of Muhammad in his class. And before he showed the image, he said, if anybody has any problems with this, 
like walk out into the hallway. I'm okay. Like you, you can leave. Me, just... Yeah, just walk out. Yeah. Well, apparently according to someone that offended them and then their dad went on social media and started rampaging and got all of the religious people into a frenzy and they beheaded him. Yeah, Holy well, shit. Last week, um guess what? The girl fucking lied. Yeah, there was an article what? saying that she lied about it. Whoa. And because her dad got everybody so fucking in a frenzy over that lie, that teacher got beheaded. So are they going to come out with any I, sort of apology? Like, I'm sorry we just killed this man I, for no fucking I mean, reason. It, it, well, the funny thing was, in response to that, you know what the French government did the week after he was beheaded? They, they put caricatures of muhammad up on all their buildings all their government buildings Jesus yeah Christ. the fucking french government went hard <laughs> oh no wait so how long ago was this that was i mean the beheading was at least a month or two ago at so least was, it was yeah, a while ago recent though oh yeah it's recent um but the article i saw on reddit about the fact that about the girl lying uh that was literally a couple days ago uh, I mean, like, literally less than a week, I think, is when I saw that. That's insane. Yeah, yeah that's let's not nuts. Just put him in jail or anything. Let's just go straight to beheading him, which I thought was outlawed everywhere. Well, no, but... it wasn't the government that did it. It was just people. Oh, so they would just... Yeah, they, they just the, literally the religious people got into essentially oh, a lynching mob. Okay. Yeah, they essentially right. formed a lynch mob and just murdered the guy. Okay. Beheaded him. God damn. I think it happened in town square. Like, I think they brought him out into public and did it, too. <laughs> but that one I could be wrong on. <laughs> Either uh, either way, he ended up headless. Yeah, like I can't believe he actually had a lynch model on him. Yeah, like literally, they they literally got together and just killed him. Uh, you'd think stuff like that wouldn't happen in the fucking twenty twenty. Yeah, but actually, kind of fits in with twenty twenty. How about uh, it? <laughs> if I'm, I mean, if I'm being honest, and it's carried over. Yeah, I say if I'm if I'm being honest, it you know it, that last year's vibes, I could see that. It just started terrible. It really did. I think with the Australian fire. Oh, yeah. Australia was on fire. Fucking. Kobe died. Kobe died. The virus. Fucking. Killer bees. What else? California was on fire last year forever, wasn't it? Didn't California have. on fire. Yeah, but wasn't it like one of the worst? It might have been. I feel like it was a really bad one last year, too. Like, just everything that could go wrong went wrong. You know, I saw a picture of a giant tarantula that turned out to be a fucking stick, and I was like, you know what? I would have believed that it was a giant tarantula because 2020, like... Did it actually look like a tarantula? Yeah, actually, it really fucking did. It was really, like, it was at a distance, and it just looked like a big-ass <laughs> spider, and I was like, you know what? It's 2020. Just giant tarantulas are in play now. Fuck it. <laughs> Although, interesting uh, animal tidbit, that's physically impossible. A tra- no spider in our world can get bigger than a basketball. Yeah, we were talking. I was just gonna say we talked about because this uh, the oxygen content in our atmosphere is too low. Spiders' lungs are called book lungs, which essentially <coughs> means they're just big hollow chambers that the oxygen so dissolves that's what their into. Body basically is just filled with. Yeah, the, so the the oxygen just d- dissolves into their lungs. They don't actually like mm-hmm. breathe, and because the oxygen content in our air is so not what it used to be yeah. they can't get bigger than a basketball they would suffocate hmm. so um 
But in the past, totally fucking possible. Yeah, I always knew <laughs> that like oxygen played a role in how big animals. Oh were yeah, when the get. fucking like, that's why the dinosaurs were so fucking huge. When the Cambrian yep. explosion happened, and like um, that was in the ocean. After the Cambrian explosion happened, um, there was an age of arthropods. Because, like, all the plants were producing so much oxygen in the atmosphere. There were literally centipedes and millipedes that were, like, three, four meters big. Like, fucking huge. Right. And what's the giant, the biggest right now? The birdie-eating tarantula? That sounds about right. It's it's pretty damn big. Yeah, it's bigger than a... It's, I think it's, like, softball size, if not bigger. Yeah. I was gonna, it's I fucking big. Bigger. It's big. Yeah. It eats birds. Let's. I mean, <laughs> it eats birds. It's got to be pretty big. So, Tempe man accused of stabbing father 20 times, calling himself the Messiah. The Messiah. The Messiah. Oh, my God. This religion always get brought in. I don't know. When it's a Patrick. I don't know. This does remind me of something I fucking read on Reddit last night. It really doesn't have anything to do with religion, honestly. But the Messiah. Like, Messiah oh, is like, essentially yeah, but literally become like, a religious term. Honestly, it's... He thinks the, himself as God, and he had to do his will of killing his fucking father for some reason. The phrase, the Messiah, is literally only used... It's the la- It's in the last five words of the entire Damn. album. So it's, so. No, yeah, this has nothing to do with religion. It's just funny <laughs> so, that that word pops up. Yeah, Mike did a doozy. An 18-year-old man was back in custody Wednesday on suspicion of stabbing his father 20 times last March and telling police he felt compelled to do it to rid the victim's body of a shape-shifting reptile that what? was taking over. <laughs> what? As we're talking about the lizard men, a shape-shifting reptile. That's why oh, I think Mike did no. this. <laughs> I think he did it just to wrap up the lizard men. Oh, really that's well. great. Yeah. So Isaiah Gentry of Tempe was in police custody until February 12th when he was sent into Valley Wise Health Facility for mental health and treatment. Um, hope you're good, man. I really do. <laughs> yeah. We're I laughing hope. with you. Um, on March 20th, 2020, Gentry hit his father in the head with a, st- with a statue with before a statue. he began punching him in the head and torso at a residence in the area of 12th Street and Hardy Drive. The court document stated... Then Gentry pulled out a steak knife and stabbed his father 20 times in the stomach, arms, legs, torso, and back. The document stated the father escaped out out of the front door, but Gentry followed. Both men ended up on the ground fighting. The victim was eventually able to get to a neighbor's house for help, which is when documents say Gentry went back to his house, took his clothes off, and took a shower to wash off the blood. Damn! Dude, talk about adrenaline. 20 fucking times. Beat with a statue, punched in the head, crawl out of your house, go to your neighbors to get them. Is he alive? Okay, so um, did he live? So Gentry admitted to officers he planned to kill his father that day, which is why he had the knife in his pocket. He can't. Yeah, he had the knife waiting, dude. Damn, sitting in my pocket. Yeah. Is that a knife in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? Oh. <laughs> he told police he was ridding his father of a shape-shifting reptile, quote-unquote, that had taken over and that Gentry believed he was, quote-unquote, the Messiah. <laughs> don't his- worry. Stab- As you're stabbing him, you're like, don't worry. It-, it just keeps moving. I'm trying to stab it. It's in you. Just fucking... It just keeps moving. <laughs> no, I'm going to get it. Your question. I don't Fuck. Know if missed. Alive or missed. His missed. father... Survived. Damn, son. Good on him. That's him with a statue by your son, stabbed 20 times all over yourself, and punched. Damn. Damn. 
Uh, I got something that goes with that. All right. Uh, saw this, of course, on Reddit the other I day. Hope it wasn't, I hope it didn't personally happen to you. No, no, it was on Reddit. It happened in Florida. Happened in Florida, of course. Uh, there was a, a Florida man that tried to kill his neighbors with kindness. He, he said, don't worry, I'll kill you with kindness. Went out, bought a machete, named it kindness, <laughs> and then tried to kill them. <laughs> Not fun. Pun very intended. Pun of very intended. God. <clears throat> what is it with people in Florida? What's it with people in the moon? That too. Scientists can... S- <laughs> Scientists consider building ARC on moon to store 6.7 million sperm ses- specimens. Interesting. S- yep. Because it's its own freezer? Huh? Maybe. Because it's its own freezer? We'll Are they hoping that. to get some genetic mutations to come no. out of fucking storing it in space? Well, yeah. you'd have to make sure it's shielded from solar radiation if it's on the moon. Because that'll cause a bunch of fucking mutations yep. in the DNA. We'll get to that. We'll get to there. A group of scientists laid down their plans about providing uh, the world with a modern global insurance policy. They are now in the stage of planning for the establishment of a sperm bank which can safely store reproductive cells, both sperm and ova, coming from 6.7 million species on Earth. Earth. Ah, that's why. Yep. They want to save not human sperm. Yeah, both humans both. and animals. Yeah. Right. Yep. The target location of the sperm bank, as reported by the New York Post, will be beneath the moon's surface. The report titled Lunar Pits and Lava Tubes for a Modern Arc noted that because of the instability of the planet Earth, a repository of specimens that would be established on Earth would make these specimens vulnerable. Because of this premise... Thanga proposed to set up a human seed vault on the moon. For him, it is a means to jumpstart a planetary exodus. I was going to say, I know a lot of people and organizations are really looking to get off this planet. Like, there is a really big push right now going on to build things, like, on the moon. Elon Musk has been in... Involved in what making that uh yeah what's that one rocket he's trying to make to take people to the Mars I don't fucking it know it's oh yeah SpaceX is SpaceX thanks. SpaceX is making the one that uh, I don't know if they, I trust Musk to get to the fucking moon but yeah, they fly, or, they fly and the then return he's got the money to do it I'll give you that <laughs> yeah they fly and return that's what they but they yeah recently like they've been uh, we were watching it in this in the Discord they uh yeah we watched the Mars rover. Uh, land and yeah, then we were awesome. we were watching. I think Mustang got put in there once. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. A couple of his rockets have blown up. Yeah, that's. What, I well, don't. I, mean, I don't not, look for Musk I, to actually. I mean, NASA lost a few rockets along the way. I, I and, know. And I'm not astronauts. And, yeah. I'm not saying <laughs> that. I'm not saying that. I just I don't see Musk as a person actually being able to pull this off. It's a hard one. I mean, if. James Cameron can make his own submersible. I don't, I don't know if he actually made it, but I mean, submersible I, to the bottom of the ocean. You know what? I want him. Us into space I want him something. to surprise me because I really think like getting into space is a big deal for us as a species. But is it? Or are we just going to fuck up that too? Oh, we'll fuck it up completely. But the, the the question is, can we move faster than our fuck ups? If we can outrun our past, <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, we've done a great job of it so far. Exactly. We're stuck on this planet. But imagine if we could go to another planet and fuck that planet up <laughs> and then leave we just keep and saying, then leave that so planet Earth recoup while we're off fucking up mars yeah no, no we just get first we send our sperm to this then when we fuck it up and we reproduce there then we just send our sperm somewhere else yeah we just keep moving yeah if you so ha- if you can get to another planet virus yeah we really are the matrix said that best like and mr no. smith 
Thanga's proposition is to store the reproductive goddamn iPhones. <laughs> the reproductive goddamn iPhones uh, on them moons. It, it fucking shut on me. Yeah, it happens. So, uh, is to store the reproductive cells in lunar pits. Scientists discovered these pits just recently, and they believe that lava once flowed through these pits billions of years ago. In the presentation, it showed that the sperm bank on the moon will cryogenically preserve different species in case a, a global disaster would occur. Thanga noted that the pits can provide the perfect storage space for reproductive cells. The arc will go down approximately... 80 to 100 meters underground the pits will then provide ready-made shelter from the surface of the moon that can endure major temperature swings they will also be safe from radiation and meteorites how don't fucking know but yeah that did answer your question yes it did i was gonna say because you have to shield it from solar radiation mm -hmm. uh because that's a big part of like astronauts uh spacesuit is shielding from radiation yep uh, have you actually have you seen pictures of what they look like those things are amazing they are really fucking cool uh just the technology that goes into yes, a spacesuit is nuts just, I don't know, like $10 million a piece. Yeah, they're just for fucking the expensive, yeah. too. Like, the, the tech that goes into those things is just nuts off the charts in terms of, like, how they even thought to develop, like, all of that together is, like, it, that probably took a crack team of people. Reverse engineering of alien technology. Oh, obviously. Obviously, it was all the aliens. We just took the space. That's why they're so expensive is because we had to fucking kill an alien for them. <laughs> <laughs> You have to pay somebody $10 million to go hunt the alien down <laughs> and take his spacesuit. So have they perfected cryogenic? No. Uh, wait, storage of... Some of... Of, yeah. like, things? Yeah, like like eggs and person. Pretty much. I think you can just... Well, the thing is, like, the, the stuff you need in the sperm cell it can just be frozen. It's just DNA. If you completely freeze it, it just doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And then you eject, take it out and eject it into something that's living. So you don't really need to keep the cell itself alive so much as the material intact, as far as I understand. Makes sense. Just so like cryogenically you know. freezing like sperm and eggs is not that difficult because you just fucking make it cold. Now, if you're talking about cryogenically freezing a human, well then, no, I doubt we have perfected that. To to wake somebody else back up after that, that would be rough. Guess we'll find out when Walt Disney. Yeah, say up. when Walt Disney starts walking around in a giant robot body. I wish, but the family does refute that. Hmm? Well, that, that's the, because I mean, the they don't know. That sounds like something the family would refute. Yeah, well, why the hell would you be well, like, oh, yeah, we got him in the basement over here. Fucking. Like saying he's down there, we're going to bring him back when all disease and everybody's gone. Yeah. He oh, wants to be frozen. Oh, no. Lore point. Samuel Hayden from the Doom series is Walt Disney. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, Stuntman soaks in bean dip for 24 hours to save favorite restaurant. What? What, a taco place? <laughs> uh, uh, it's a Mexican restaurant. <clears throat> when your favorite Me Mexican restaurant is struggling to stay alive... What else would you do but sit in a pool of bean dip outside for 24 hours to attract diners? Damn. Did it work? To drive the point home, stuntman Hunter Ray Barker is wearing a t-shirt and mask with the Los Toros restaurant logo, which features three bowls and getting his arm tattooed with the image during a marathon. We have a golden opportunity to grab the bull by the horns and support local businesses in a big explosive way, so why not? Said Barker, a tourist who visited the restaurant... <laughs> The restaurant for family for celebrations while growing up. His idea stunned Nicholas Montano, the 
owner of Los Toros, which was founded in 1967 in Chatsworth Community in Northwest Los Angeles. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> are you sure? Are like, you sure you want to do this? You understand what you just said, sir, right? <laughs> Why? Just like, you, you're you going to pay for this? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and he business. goes we can't afford this shit <laughs> and he goes yeah i think it would be fun it's something i want to help the business <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> the big thing that people asked was what are you going to do when it comes to going to the restroom <laughs> he recalled while soaking in his original bean dip recipe shit and piss hand <laughs> yeah He's like, I do have a funnel that's connected to me right I have now. A so funnel. <laughs> He's got a catheter. Yeah, so anytime he has to go number one, that is connected to a bag that's attached to my body. For number two, that is a different story. We will just have to wait and see. <laughs> we just have to hold it. I'm hoping to not have to poop. It's only a day. <laughs> it's only a day. Yeah. I what did you go before you get in? <laughs> Take a bunch of laxatives to prepare to empty yourself. Oh, uh, that's that's nuts though. Yeah. That was some it's fun good, one. though, that he support like, local businesses and stuff. Yeah. I mean... And then the restaurant's probably thinking, please don't do this. You're just going to make it worse. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd go eat at that Mexican place. Obviously, yeah, that guy likes guy it. just, like, sitting in a pool of bean dip. He's just like, yo, I'm going to walk over there and see what he's doing. That guy obviously yeah, likes doing, that. But I don't know if I'm going to walk inside the restaurant now. <laughs> that, guy's, that guy obviously likes that restaurant enough to literally sit in a puddle of beans. <laughs> For 24 hours. It's got to be good. I, I guess. Like, you are taking a catheter. Yeah, like, literally, that man put a catheter in him for a restaurant. Like, that restaurant's probably pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. Sure hope so. Uh, like, if it's not, I'm going to be disappointed. I wonder if there's, like, health repercussions to, to like, letting Sit your in body beans. soak that much. No, it's probably going to fucking spark a new beauty trend. <laughs> Look at how soft and supple my skin is. How'd you get it that way? Oh, just sitting beans for about 24 hours, Cletus. It'll what get real it? nice. Refried. What is it? <laughs> the refried's to get rid of the pimples, but the <laughs> kidney beans, if you want your skin to be smooth as a baby's bottom. Can you turn the light on for Seth? That's fucking. Oh, boy, though. That's crazy. That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, you know what? All, all power to him. You got to support your local businesses. You got to. Because it is rough. Especially today. Yeah. Especially, in, yeah, especially like the last year they've gone through. Some of those uh, are just rough. Yeah, a lot of small businesses had to close. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like, it sucks to be to not be able to keep your doors open and stuff. And a spe- like a lot of uh, small businesses really live like week to week on profits and Just stuff. Just like we do. Yeah. So. Paycheck to paycheck. What's a job stand for? Just over broke. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're working at mine, and then it's one of my Steveisms. You just had to say it. <laughs> Unless you I work at mine, and then you work seven days that. a fucking week. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Fuck that shit. I was literally thinking last night, I'm like, wow, this is like the modern day equivalent of slavery. <laughs> like, I work 10 hour days, seven days a week for next to no pay. Like, huh. It'd be one thing if they fucking paid me, but I don't make much money. <laughs> so, I mean, the overtime so helps. Tell them to fuck off. And yep. it's not necessarily always about money either. No, it isn't. You gotta like your job, honestly. I mean, 
Yes, I've definitely never liked any of my jobs. Yeah, but, but do you tolerate them? Do you hate them? Because honestly, if you fucking hate your job, it's it's so worth the mental health there bonus. There are times. It's absolutely. so worth the mental health bonus to like find another job at that point. I like If the you jobs. go into your job every single day thinking I fucking hate to be here. That's right. It, it just puts you in such a bad mental state. Like that's what I've been doing for literally the last like 2 weeks and I'm like I can't do it. I physically, if I have to stay here for another month, I'm literally going to yep. spiral into depression because I walk in those doors every single day and I'm like, I Just fucking miserable. hate this, yeah. fucking hate this. Yeah. Why, why the fuck am I here for 13 days in a row? Like, but I, yeah, I love the jobs. I always, yeah, it's a, it's always like the the system, or yeah, I unfortunately say. sometimes it's the people. Um, not all the time, so. It's more of like the time and like the system and like how how like broken the wheel can be. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, like I, like I've the job itself. Like this even is like, the first job where I'm like I hate the job itself. Yeah, it's the company. Yeah. It's not the people. It's not like it's hell. It's not even like the work itself. It's the company's policies. They're shit. Yeah, they're absolute crap. Yeah, when you're treated like and for taking like being a government style yeah company. literally they be, contract with the military yeah, like but you're gonna be that big a dick dickheads yeah and then they complain that they can't keep people it's like i wonder fucking lied. why you just lied to us well yeah literally you lied to me you didn't tell me it was the, the fucking schedule was gonna be 13 days in a row 10 hour days have fun like fucking now the money is nice though when it comes to it edit. does but i can literally work 20 less hours and make I, pretty much the same pay at my new my job i'm applying for now and yeah. i don't get paid all that much more yeah. they pay double time it's so nice that's why we've had to make our own complaints yeah and i get more days off <laughs> like i work an extra two hours a day and instead of working seven days a week i can work four <laughs> or five i get two days off well shout out to anybody who's been working over this pandemic you guys are making the world go round. Yeah. Still, yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you're not, if you lost your job, we feel for you. Oh, We're yeah. there for you. That sucks. We're hoping everybody can, uh, can fucking push through. It's a rough fucking time. But we hope we give you fucking hours and hours of content to listen to. Stupid <laughs> oh, fucking stupid shit. Don't worry. I can talk for hours. Right? <laughs> Right, that's why uh, that's why we have those shoot the shit formats. That's those why are, I thought it was a good idea. To, those like, are fun. Implement those like, um, I know some of us, uh, me and Seth included. Just Seth just said it, and everybody knows about me. I can always fucking rant and rave for a good long while. Yeah. So it's good to have those shoot the shit ones where we just sit and laugh. Mike's okay. news articles are fucking awesome too. We miss yeah. you, Mike. Thanks yeah. for those funny ass news articles. <laughs> lizard men. Yeah, I like that he put the lizard men in there. Those are great. Yeah, I uh, guess I should I should have put the, I should have saved that one for last, so it would have been a good segue. Hey, it lizard happens. Men. Okay, let's get into it. So, lizard men part three. We're gonna finish up and uh, shit. We're gonna see how the lizard men come up to present day. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yep, so Fuck yeah. this title, this is titled The Return of the Ratmen, The Skaven Return. Skink patrols had long watched the boundaries of Quetzal, the defiled city, guarding against the return of Skaven. Suspicions were raised when many of these patrols suddenly went missing. The skink astromancer Teto Echo has foretold the Skaven's return and had seen in the stars that the lizard men were quickly coming to a junction in the course of the old one's plans. When no slon could be awoken, 
he led a mighty force out of Talaxlon himself. The army approached the defiled city of Teto Echo with Teto Echo at his head. Mounted atop his stone Plaquin, when suddenly he relayed a series of sharp commands. Dutifully, the Saurus shifted from their marching columns into fighting ranks, and none too soon. Moments later, the ground caved in a tide of filthy ratmen erupted from below. The Skaven had returned to Lustria, and in numbers beyond counting. Were it not for Teto Echo's foresight, the Lizardmen cohort would have been instantaneously surrounded and overwhelmed. As it was, the Skaven were forced to attack in front of the Lizardmen battle lines, and many of the degenerative Ratmen were slain. However, it was a price the invaders were willing to pay. For not only did they outnumber their reptilian foes 100 to 1, but during the turmoil, their secret weapons were able to deploy. Small teams of Ratmen carrying devious fire-throwing devices came forward, unleashing their numbers slowly pushed the Lizardmen back. Torrents of fire incinerated many Saurus. A strange, potent... Oh, yeah. Fucked up. So, for anybody that's listening, I'm reading off of my phone instead of the laptop today. So, it's a little bit squeezed. Yeah, it's a little bit squeezed. <laughs> okay. No judgments. As the brunt of their numbers slowly pushed the Lizardmen back, a strange portent occurred. The Chaos Moon, hanging low in the sky, more slebs, slipped from view as the true moon eclipsed it. This sign gave hope to the Lizardmen. In it, Teto Echo read many things, including the key to victory, and the dire consequences should his army fail. For the next few hours, Teto Echo chittered out high-pitched commands, all of which were followed to the letter by the army. Each maneuver came just in time to blunt a forthcoming Skaven attack or counter some devious trick of the Ratmen that otherwise destined to overtax the precarious Lizardmen defense and turn the battle into a rout. The Saurus Cold One cavalry did not question the command to charge suddenly into the thick mists on their right flank, but when they did so, they smashed aside Rat Ogre packs that were hauling massive constructions into place war machines whose inflating fire would have obliterated Teto Echo's forces. Skaven tunneling teams bored up from below to discover not vulnerable flanks, but waiting salamander hunting packs. Salamander hunting packs. Oh, yeah. No, the lizard men are <laughs> fucking crazy, dude. They Like, any dinosaurs, fucking reptiles, amphibians, like... Small salamanders? No, big, yeah. big yeah. salamanders. Yeah, but you missed... See, you missed the episode of Grimgore Ironhide where the, the Skaven have fucking rat ogres. Yeah, rat ogres. Rat ogres. Picture come up from the fuck that burrow from the fucking ground. Yeah, and come up. That's like what the things. yeah. That's what the uh, the cold one cavalry uh, smashed into before the rat ogres had a chance to uh, get their war machines into place. Yeah, bro. Um, this shit is fucking great. They the got fucking that's a crazy shit. Yeah. Lizard men are they are just some of the best warriors in existence. I mean, they were bred to fight the Saurus. Yep. Um, they take orders. They're a lot like. They're they're a lot like orcs in the sense where they really don't rout. If you can make a lizard man army rout, you have done a very impressive job on the battlefield. Um, but unlike orcs, they have some intelligence. 
Saurus can think for themselves. They're just giant. Like orcs. yeah, they're they're just essentially smarter orcs that instead of um you know warm blood they're cold blooded that's not to say there is a difference between orcs and lizard men in that uh lizard men have primal instincts um when they're outnumbered or when a lot of them are dying a lot of times they just go into an enraged state and just start slaughtering everything <laughs> instead of routing so you know in a lot of ways they just kind of take orcs and you know make it a little bit more extreme but they don't log Lizard men don't wog, and the power of the wog really makes the orcs. The power of the wog. Yeah. The power of the wog makes orcs fucking unstoppable. So. <laughs> the wog. I remember the wog. The wog is great. If you have a good wog, you're fucking, you're, you're going to slay some shit. It's great. Soon, the smell of burnt rat filled the battlefield. Again and again, the outnumbered lizard men staved off defeat with timely counterattacks, each time mustering the ideal retaliation. Infuriating Skaven assassins were revealed and slain before they could employ their poisonous blades. Skaven weapon teams were destroyed even as they prepared to fire, their own demise causing a chain reaction of explosions that ran down Skaven lines as further di- diabolical devices burst into flames. Remember, Skaven have rattling guns. They literally have machine guns. Like old, like fucking chain gun, yeah. two two rats to operate it, one to hold the ammo, fucking fire. And it fires plague bolts. So it doesn't just fire normal bullets. It's fucking infection. Yeah. Like yeah, I remember. They have they throw firebombs like Skaven have technology. Rat fucking shit. Yeah. Shit that rats do. It all spreads fucking plague, too. Like, Skaven's technology... (laughs) Even if you win, you're gonna die. Yeah, like, Skaven's technology is awesome in terms of, you know, sheer effectiveness, but it comes with a lot of risks. Like, you hit... If you hit the flamethrower's fucking tank... Boom, you know, and if that ta- if that rat was standing close enough to another flamethrower, boom, you know, and then it just fucking like that happened, chains the whole way down the fucking line, destroying it all. So with great power comes, you know, that great weakness in the chain. Fair enough. With the immediate threats stimmed for the moment, Teto Echo closed his eyes and drew upon the <laughs> winds of magic. Reaching out to the heavens, employing his prodigious will, the mighty skink priest pulled an unseen giant celestial object from out of orbit in the heavens above, bringing it crashing down upon the deserted city of Quetzal. With a thunderous impact, the comet fell to Earth, collapsing the tunnels underneath the city and stemming the endless tide of Skaven. The remaining ratmen, a cowardly lot, sprayed their musk and fled only to be cut down by the pursuing Saurus or preyed upon by the many hungry creatures awaiting in the surrounding jungle. And like we've talked about before, wizards in this fucking universe will change the fucking battle. Pull a fucking Luke Skywalker. He literally pulls a comet or pulls an asteroid from space and slams it into the battleground. Like, and that's not just a him thing. Other wizards can do that. Yeah. Like, wizards are fucking tough in this universe. The thing is, though, you just walk up and stab them with a sword and they die. Like, you, they, they fucking need protection. And that's why a lot of them are surrounded by mighty hosts of warriors. Because if you can protect your mage and he can pull the winds of power down and channel them, 
Oh boy, it's fucking crazy. Trap all the goddamn skaven in the ground. Yeah, like just wizards in this universe are so powerful but they are weak in a sense that one magic can backfire yeah casting a spell is dangerous that's why they don't do it all the time yeah i mean the feats in this universe are awesome to me and only stuff that like the like the characters do and like it could come down to like that mage doesn't have to be like some special mage you could just be like fucking any type of mage and stuff like that and it's just like just just how the characters are and like the things that they can do inside the game is so cool yeah and these are i mean they are powerful magi but they aren't like teto echo is not anything crazy in terms of lore he's not all powerful he's not balthazar gelt exactly um and he's not an elf elves have really powerful mages too um like he is, by all accounts, not that powerful of a wizard. Yeah. But he can literally change the battle. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. Yeah, it's just cool the feats of, like, kind of, like, strength of their abilities and stuff that they yeah. get. Sweet. And the fucking, the melee combat, the, the the big warriors, the ones with actual names, you know, the feats of strength they pull off. Like, Grimgore Ironhide just absolutely yeah, fighting pack after pack of rat ogres. Yeah. Um yeah, that was fucking Gore Rock awesome. taking a spear through the fucking chest and killing the guy while the spear is in his chest. Like that's nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I the the characters in Warhammer lore are just so awesome. Yeah, they're just like over the top, but it's like at the same it's like dude this is so yeah. badass. Yeah, and, and I mean, and we'll eventually talk about the humans. Um, the humans are pretty cool too. I do like them. Yeah. But the monstrous races, like the lizard men, the orcs, yeah, they're fucking fun. Yeah, they're fun to talk about in their lore. Fuck yeah. By his mighty deed, Teto Echo won the battle <laughs> and steered the fate of the lizard men to victory. Where their defeat had seemed inevitable, however, the Astromancer scried the stars. And the message was unequivocal. The rat stars waxed strong. A vast network of tunnels revealed to Teto Echo far beneath the surface of the earth. It stretched across the world, and each passage was choked with malevolent vermin. Led by their loathsome god, they were coming to Lustria. Indeed, many of their agents were already in place. The lizard men must ready themselves for another war against the children of the horned rat. And the horned rat is the rat man's or the rat man's god. Yeah. That is the Skaven's god. Yeah. Um I don't know too much about him. I don't know if he's a chaos god. I'd imagine he is because um Ratmen really like Morsleb, which is Chaos Warpstone. Um I I really feel like the, the horned rat is a very powerful demon. Okay. Um makes sense. But not hundred percent sure on that one. The increased watchfulness of lizard men proved wise as the mage priests detected a subtle ripple in the geomantric web and a straining of the great warding. The spirit forms of the salon traced the lines of disturbance until they reached the spear of the gods, a mighty column of glittering crystal rising a mile into the sky from the stormy waters of the sea of squalls. From this vantage point, the Slon determined the source of the trouble lie in the Turtle Isles, a thousand-mile-long chain of islands skirting the west coast of Lustria. To find out more, the Slon Oracle 
guided his troglodon following the strange scent of magic, swimming through monster-infested waters to allow the mage priests to see through his eyes. It was not hard to pinpoint the disturbance. An incandescent pillar of light rose miles into ominously swirling clouds. At the base, the oracle discovered a ziggurat of purest gold. A site of power in the days of the Old One, this once sacred nexus had become uncoupled from the grid and had long been forgotten by the Slon, yet it had not gone undetected by the Dark Gods, who had sent their minions to befoul it. The seafaring human tribes, marauders of the north, had defiled the pyramid, unleashing ancient powers that they did not understand. At the end of their ritual, the barbarians had been slain by the forces released, yet the pawns had played their part. With its corruption, the golden ziggurat was fully unlinked from the geomantric web, and the spells weaving together the Great Warding grew a fraction weaker. And if you don't remember, the Great Warding is what the elves did to essentially help seal the chaos leaking into this world. Mm -hmm. And unbeknownst to the elves, the lizardmen are strengthening it. So if the lizardmen can't strengthen it anymore there is a chance the great warden warding will fail so and chaos will just unleash itself into this world again so it, it's a really big deal that they lost this link in the geomantric web yeah which is their charge that is what lizard men like that is what essentially they've made their goal is yeah. to strengthen the geomantric web and you know keep all these temple cities up and running for the lizard men, some unintentional good came out of the defiling of the golden ziggurat. Deep in the innermost chambers of the structure, the skink oracle found a plinth whereupon foul sacrifices had recently taken place. There also was a scattering of sacred plaques. The relic crypts had been opened in the barbarian's quest for treasures, but they had not recognized the glyphs or the inherent value in the stone tablets. The oracle, however, did instantly identifying that these were a segment of the great plan of the old ones left forgotten on this forsaken island many years ago. So, lizard men, that is the only thing they value, those plaques. Yep, yep. So, this is a big find for the lizard men. They are excited about the fact that they now have that much more of their god's plans how for many, this world. Do they know how many they are? No, I, they just keep, there's no yeah. number. There's no like, for yeah, them. there's no like, there's 13 tablets. It's yeah. you find them awesome, fucking bring them here. Like, yeah. you get those tablets if you can. Gotta keep finding them, yeah. And then they just keep looking. Um, but as far as I know, there's no specific number, it didn't come up in my research, but. I mean, I'm sure there are things missing here. See, I like that a lot better than, like, what you said. Like, there's always, like, there's 13 tablets. Like, motherfucker, why would there be just 13? Yeah, like, <laughs> the Great One's plans for this entire world, for its entire future spanning at least 10,000 fucking years. Like, yeah. how many stone tablets do you fucking have to write that on? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's 30,371 plaques on this planet. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just fucking unnumbered. You find them when you find them. Fucking get them when you can. Exactly. It adds to like, and then, and then like the allure of it. Yeah. And then you interpret those based on the information you have. That's the best the lizard men can do. Fuck you. Yeah. No sooner had the lost plaques been delivered to Hexodal 
Then other disturbances reverberated across the geomantric web. The mage priest could not distinguish a source, and those slon not engaged in studying the newly found plaques sought out that which was increasingly putting pressure on the arcane sentinels that helped keep the power of chaos at bay. There was no single answer, for at dozens of points across the globe, the seafaring human tribes of the Nordlands sought out ancient waystones. Some sites, like the Golden Ziggurat, were left deserted in the wild places of the world, while others were defended by various creatures or races. In many cases, elves attracted by the unseen power had established colonies atop the older ruins, unintentionally serving as guards over the distant nodes. With fire and slaughter, the Northmen stormed these garrisons and cast down the standing stones, rededicating them to their own dark gods. The effect on the geomantric web was felt keenly as each lost sight weakened the whole. It was clear that the Slon, to the Slon, that chaos was ascendant as they predicted that the attacks on the Nexus points could only be followed by a direct assault upon Lustria itself. Yet Lustria is vast, and where the foe might strike was hidden from their foresight. The mind miasma that had affected the mage priests since the great catastrophe was intensifying, and each slon felt his orderly and tranquil thoughts pulled in all directions with the depletion of so many sacred sites. For a time, all balance was lost, and the mage priests were blind to what was about to occur. From the jungles north of Hexodal came a vast army, a force composed of thousands of mortal servants of chaos. A mercenary throng of dark elves from Nagaroth led them, acting as scouts for the horde from the north. At the head of the force, atop a smoke-belching dragon, the shade of midnight rode upon a being rode a being of purest evil, Vashnar the Tormentor, an anointed champion of the Dark Gods. With the Sentinel Stones not functioning, the Chaos armies marched undetected into Lustria. It was Hexodal's Master of Skies, a skink chief named Tic-Tac-Toe. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Tic-Tac-Toe. That is... Tic-tac. Go. That is better than Quizzy Pantuti. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I was literally just about that. I was like, what the fuck was that one? Quizzy Pantuti. Yeah. Yeah. And it is literally spelled T I K T A Q apostrophe T O. It is Tic Tac Toe. <laughs> wow. Who first sighted the invaders atop his pterodon. He swiftly sent word to Hexodal, but to his dismay, Lord Mazadamundi was absent. Secreted atop a jungle ruin contemplating the recently discovered plaques. And if you remember, that was the um, mage priest that stood up to the last big threat that came through. Uh, Sorry, not the Skaven threat, the one literally right before that. Um, If I remember right, it was Chaos. Mazdamundi, he's the one that essentially summons the fucking sun. If I remember exactly right. Um, and he's gone. He's he's not there. He's contemplating the other plaques. Which really sucks for the city. Because he is a powerful mage. He's probably one of the most powerful mages the Slon Priests have left. A lot of the other ones died. Um, but so the, him not being in that city is... Uh, Problematic, to say the least. 
Okay. All of the other mage priests were in trances and would not awake for days. Assuming command of the army of Hexodal, Tic-Tac-Toe set to the city's defense before leading a series of hit-and-run attacks to slow the foe down. For three days and nights, he and his aerial army of Pterodon riders harried the approaching advance. They struck from above, launched counterattacks, and dropped boulders to crush into marching columns. Always. On the, f- I'm I'm always a fan of a good boulder. Yeah, just from the sky too, <laughs> sky boulders. You know, if there's ever a chance in a video game or something where you're just like, hey, oh, I'm just gonna tip this over. I'm gonna- <laughs> like you're like, yeah, I'm gonna poke. Do that. Yeah, just fucking poke the boulder and just <laughs> yeah. it crushes everything. Yeah, it's satisfying. Yeah, I'm gonna go out of my way to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I- I've literally done it. <laughs> okay. On the fourth day, with his enemy seething with rage and seeking an opportunity to swat the irritating nuisance, Tic-Tac-Toe lured many tribes of barbarian horsemen and Nagarothi cavalry into the Bloodleech Swamp, where they were cut down by ambush. Despite the losses, the Chaos forces advanced to dominate all approaches to Hexodal. And remember, Chaos are granted powers by their dark lords. They worship, and the worship does give them power. Um, most of them don't get much at all, but if you get actual power from a chaos god, you are fucking tough. And they are barbarians as well. They do not fucking fear anything. I mean, they're they're just like orcs. Routing a fucking chaos barbarian army is tough. They do not care if their friend next to them gets cut down. They're just going to fucking fight twice as hard. You know? Maybe they'll pick up his axe and fucking take two. Like, they're crazy. They they just want to murder in the name of their gods. Blood for the blood god. As the two great forces began to clash in earnest, several of the younger Slan awoke and terrible blasts of sorcerous power rent the skies asunder. In the midst of the spawning car- or the sprawling carnage, Vashnar dealt death. Backed by the chaos gods, none could stand before him. Although the Saurus fight with cold-blooded discipline, they were driven backwards until the chaos host was at the gates of the temple city, and the siege of Hexodal began. While chaos sorcerers in Salon lit the air with mystic duels. Vashnar the Tormentor ordered up batteries of war machines, the likes of which had never been seen in Lustria. All gears, cogs, and vast rune-etched barrels. They were siege engines twisted to contain the tortured souls of demons. Their fire was fury made manifest, and they rained blazing hellshot to smash apart the stone blocks of Hexodal's walls, creating gaping holes into those breaches. Vashnar ordered his heavily armored warriors, the elite killers of his army, in their vanguard, raced, mutated behemoths, muscle-bound monsters made of teeth and rage. Time and again, the defenders of Hexodal repelled the chaos attacks at the walls. From the jungles came aerial assaults led by Tic-Tac-Toe, and the wings of his airborne assaults blotted out the sun. Many of the foe's war machines were smashed, but after two cycles of the moon had passed, the battle was still ongoing, and it could only be a matter of time before the forces of chaos entered the city. However, on the 63rd day of the siege, everything changed. 
As the sun rose over the margin of the world, a saurian roar came from the mist-wreathed jungle. The forces of chaos stood dumbfounded as they sought the source of this bellow, and the earth began to shake under a heavy tread. The jungle itself erupted. A mighty carnosaur led the surge. Krokgar, the great Saurus war leader on its back, and behind him came an army of Cold One cavalry. To meet this new threat, Vashnar the Tormentor mounted his dragon and charged, yet Krokgar's army was not alone. Gathering the might of Lustria about him, and an army whose power had not been seen since the Great Catastrophe, came Lord Mazdamundi. He rode upon a stegodon so large that the jungle parted in its wake. The ancient judgment of the Old Ones burned in the Slon's eyes at his command. The earth was rent, a gap that swallowed half of the chaos host before the true battle begun. And what a battle it was. Krokgar and Vashnar locked in combat, each the equal to the other. Reptilian titans of an elder age clashed with the monstrosities of the north with a blaring of war horns the gates of hexauto were flung open and the defenders sallied forth to join the fray steel-clad barbarians clashed into scaled saurus warriors and the carnage was total like i said lord mazdamundi being there really hurts that settlement like he's not there he took out half of a fucking host of the army with one spell by swallowing them up with the earth like that is fucking nuts. And the fact that Croc Gar on the back of his Carnosaur, which Carnosaurs are essentially big T-Rexes. Like, they're bigger than a T-Rex. I was going to say, like, um, something, like, gigantic. Yeah, it's ridiculous. fucking huge. They're teeth. They're tough. Like, it's just on the back of a carnosaur can go toe to toe with the chosen one of the chosen of the chaos gods and his dragon. Yeah. Like, that is fucking crazy as i'm saying the battles in these fucking games are fucking insane and like and we talked about croc gar probably in the first episode Uh, yeah um and i told you he would come into play later yeah he is my favorite lord to play as on the uh on the game i love playing croc gar you get to fight the skaven um and then you just get to go north into um like the kemri and then the orcs and you just it's a lot of fun with croc gar um and he is a really cool lord. Like, he gets really cool equipment, and um, the Carnosaur is really fun to use in battle. Yeah, would. By dusk, Lord Mazdamundi and Krokgar stood upon the battlefield and surveyed their victory. The jungle was flattened in a 20-mile ring, and the dead lay in mountainous piles. Vashnar's severed head hung from Krokgar's saddle, and the hooves of Mazdamundi's stegodon were crimson with the blood the forces of chaos had been defeated, and Hexodal was saved. With Vashnar's defeat, the pressure upon the great wardening lessened, but it did not disappear. The Slon reasoned that Vashnar had taken advantage of an upsurge in power of chaos, and that others would follow in his wake. Lord Mazdamundi announced that he had deciphered the meaning of the plaques found on Turtle Isles, saying they were composed mere days before the Great Catastrophe, and their message was incontrovertible. They stated that the Great Plan could not proceed until all of the corrupting elements that were sure to be introduced by the looming disaster were eliminated. Foremost among these would be the followers of Chaos. All such creatures, the plaques claimed, must be expunged, and as Lord Mazdamundi pointed out, 
Anything less would be a failure of their duties to the old ones. The true power of chaos was stirring in the world once more, and the lizard men must rise to meet it. Those younger races would not join them against the common foe, must be considered enemies. A time of vast battles, Lord Mazdamundi pronounced, was at hand. And with that, we kind of pretty much end their story. That is exactly where the game picks up. Um, I have a couple more pages of uh, like descriptions uh we have if you're interested um we have like descriptions of a lot of the lizard men um i have their spawning rituals uh stuff like that um that are just interesting little tidbits about the culture that we talked about but we didn't like i remember you asked how the spawning ritual actually happened yeah yeah Um, go into some of the ones that you think are cool some of the little tidbits you have back okay um so, the cold-blooded denizens of Lustria. The term lizardmen is the name used by many outsiders to represent all of the intelligent, cold-blooded denizens of the jungle continent of Lustria. The lizardmen as a whole are a race of large bipedal reptiles and amphibian hybrids that live almost exclusively within warm tropical climates and jungle environments. Though many often find little distinction between each of the individual species that make up their civilization, the Lizardmen race is not a single race, but rather consists of a collection of vastly different species. Though they may be genetically related to other reptiles, the inhabitants of the continent of Lustria, only the Slon, Saurus, Skinks, and Croxigars are considered an actual part of the core Lizardman race. And I, and I know we didn't talk about Croxagores, but um, think of Croxagores as a lizard ogre, essentially. So they're way fucking bigger than Saurus, and Saurus are already bigger than orcs. <laughs> so a Croxagore is bigger than a Saurus. It's a big boy. It's like fucking Killer Croc. Yeah, Batman. yeah, like it's a fucking unit. Just and like rat ogres, lizard ogres. <clears throat> yeah, like if you had to make a comparison, like if a sar, if a human is a saurus, a croxagore is probably an ogre. Okay. Like you know, you know, it's just a bigger version of the thing. It sounds like a. It just sounds like it's a bigger. Oh, fucking Croxagores. <laughs> Croxagores are fun. Yeah. Oh, they're so much fun. They smash into enemies and just destroy them. Fuck yeah. Um, and when you if you ever play Blood Bowl, you on the Lizard Men team, you get a Croxagore. You can only get one because they're fucking like strength five, heavily armored. Like yeah. they're they're really cool, but they're stupid. It, it literally is like an ogre to a human. Like humans are smaller and a, a little bit weaker. But ogres have a lot have more strength. They're bigger, but they're stupid. Yeah. So like, there's a trade off. The croxagores are not as smart as the saurus, but their strength pretty much makes up for that. They take orders well. So yeah, they're really good units to have in your army. You just don't want them leading the army. Fair enough. The powerful saurus are large, are like large bipedal crocodiles whose entire body seems geared towards combat and warfare. <laughs> They stand larger than a man with a bony crest protecting their heads and neck and tough scales that run down their back, arms, and spine. Even unarmed Saurus are perfectly capable of slaying their enemies for their tails and limbs are equipped with all manner of naturally hard spurs and talons and their their jaws are powerful enough to crush bone. 
Um, so the spawning of the new gen- of a new generation of croxigores. The lizardman's core species, such as slon, saurus, skinks, and croxigores, are not born from eggs like their feral reptilian cousins, but are birthed from special pools and ponds located within sacred regions of the jungle. The birthing of a new generation of lizardmen are called spawnings. Every temple city has its own sacred ponds and expanses of marsh where these spawning events occur. Skinks and croxigores tend to spawn in ponds and swamps open to the sky, whereas saurus and certain other croxigores are usually spawned in dark subterranean caves, caverns. Pyramid temples are frequently built over the top of the entrances of such caverns, and the outlying swamps are sometimes made into rectangular ponds encircled by stone. Due to their amphibious origins, some days after the spawning event begins, little tadpoles emerge out of the water, growing in numbers and size in an extremely accelerated rate, feeding on the enormous number of tropical insects that hover above such waters. When lizard men are fully developed, they emerge onto dry land in enormous numbers all at the same time. <laughs> Makes sense. The interval between spawnings can be very long, and usually a spawning will not reoccur in the same pond within the lifetime of the last generation that was born there. Thus, each city is surrounded with multiple spawning pools, which spawn at different times of the year. Each spawning is linked to astrological cycles and will always begin at certain conjunctions of stars and planets. Since each generation emerged from different ponds at different intervals in time, there are always several dozen lizardmen of the same age and origins living within tightly knit groups within their home city. Being of the same spawning different age groups will also have the varying de- var- eh, varying degrees of features which are unique to that particular spawning hmm. such as different skin tones unique markings a calm and calculated attitude towards administrative duties or a more fierce and warlike attitude towards battle these large groups of lizard men are given a single directive or purpose upon their birth such as either being formed into cohorts of tribal warriors or becoming the artisans and workers for their respective temple cities. Those spawning that only birth a single individual usually means this particular lizardman is meant to be a leader amongst their kind. Due to the timing of spawnings, the mage priests have careful records which detail the time when a new spawning will occur, but not all are recorded and some spawnings will appear to happen at completely random intervals in time. So, they just kind of appear like these lizards out of these pools, out of these pools in all the different cities. Yeah, there are just tadpoles that suddenly show up, and then they just kind of you know be be like amphibians be doing and be bad at. Yeah, they just eat. Someone's just like, "Hey, who are you?" It's like, "I don't know. Uh, I just fucking showed up here. I just appeared." Hey, Felix, we got another cousin. Yeah. And then they all leave the water at the same time. Like, and how long do they live? Because I remember you said they don't spawn in the same pool within the last within the lifetime yeah. of that general. Um, that general it depends on the species, but they are lizards. They do tend to live. I believe their lifespan is longer than um, that of humans. It's not anything like elves. They don't live thousands of years. I the mage priests, I think, do. Um, but they're just a different fucking breed. (laughs) Like mage priests are something special in terms of, uh, how they go and what they do. 
Um, in here, Croxagors are large cousins of the Saurus, and they are the heavy laborers of their community. Um, so a lot of Croxagors are just kind of used as construction workers a lot of times. I mean, put a fucking sledgehammer in their hands and they just fucking they just run yeah. through people. It's kind of crazy. Probably good builders. <laughs> Let's go through some of the feral species. Yeah. Because, like I said, the feral species are the ones that are actually hatched. Those are like the carnosaur and, you know, the okay. bastodon, the pterodons, all the dinosaurs yeah. are essentially considered uh, feral species. Yeah, makes sense. Um. The Dread Saurian is the largest and most powerful jungle predator to ever stalk the lands of Lustria, which, um, in terms of Lustria, I mean, you have Carnosaurs, fucking Bastodons, which are more like Stegosauruses, if I remember right. They're Stegosauruses or um, Trikes. I can't remember Either which. Either way, that's pretty Either way, they're fucking, yeah, they're fucking nuts. They're not a predator, but... Um, Oh, here's a nice description of the salamanders we talked about earlier. Yeah. Salamanders are large fire-breathing reptiles Yo, that inhibit the swamplands. Yes, so they are used as essentially flamethrowers. So earlier when they sh- yeah, when they showed up and they fucking ran up on the fucking salamander riders, they're fucking fire-breathing Anyone want some fucking rat barbecue? <laughs> Coming right up. With some plague. Some fucking land dragons. Cold ones, which are used as cavalry in the um, Lizardmen army, are the hunched bipedal carnivores that dwell within subterranean lairs. They think big raptors, not small raptors, because obviously the Saurus are riding them. <laughs> so you have to have a raptor big enough to support a man, which is now bigger, <laughs> you know? So A lizard on a lizard. Yeah, a lizard on a fucking lizard. <laughs> Lizardception. <laughs> Oh, um, other than that, uh, Razor Dawns are large armored reptiles encased in powerful spiked armor plating. The lizard men use them to ram through the front lines. <laughs> I mean, just fucking think a goddamn spiked rep dinosaur just running at the fucking front line of a, a host of humans. Like, it's just going to fucking plow right through. Yeah. It's, Have you ever seen The Hobbit? Yeah. The Hobbit movies were that one. They send that one troll in with like the fucking big. Yeah. Like, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Falls over. Yeah. It's like, it was so funny. Just kills itself. It's so uh, funny. It's, it's it great. Like Desolation of Smag, wasn't it? I can't remember. I, it was one of them. Yeah. It, I think it, it wasn't the first one. I think it was Smaug. I think it was the Desolation of Smog. I don't think it was the, yeah, the Five it, Armies one. I can't remember. It was one of the. It ones. was hilarious, yeah, though. Yeah, it was, was great. Like, it was just one of those points in a movie, just like random. But it's it was, called it's yeah. called comic relief. <laughs> yeah, like weren't expecting it completely, but it's just like thanks for putting that in there. Yeah, you know what? I appreciate that, Jim. Thank the you. Giant trolls are always funny in the movies. The lizard men are all ruled by the mystical Slon, the most intelligent and powerful of the lizard men. It is they who rule the other lizard men as a sacred cast of powerful magic users each one bearing the title of mage priests. The mage priests are all in practicality the political and religious leaders of the entire civilization. All of the Salon living to this very day belong to this sacred caste because they all possess the ancient intellect and magical powers bred into their race by the old ones. 
of the old of the bygone age. Hmm. However, all of the Slon that are alive today are only descendants of those that have seen the old ones in person. Those that actually came with the old ones are already long dead and their relics lost to time. Within the hierarchy of the mage pre- priest caste, the oldest of the Slon are the most powerful within their caste each of which are divided into five spawnings in descending order in relations to power and importance. Those of the first spawning are the greatest and most powerful of them all. Unfortunately, all of them have since died out, leaving a second spawning to claim the title of Lord Mage Priest. There are only five lords left in existence, but each one reigns over one of the great and major temple cities of the Lizardmen Empire. The salon of the third spawning, known as Master mage priests are twice as many in number, and they rule lesser pyramid temples within the Lizardmen realm. The Salon of the Fourth are known as mage champions and serve as the generals and leaders to the Lizardmen army in times of war. The Fifth Spawning is the most numerous and are the most energetic and alert. They also occupy the lowest position within their caste and only carry the simple title of mage priest. So like we said... That that was the big problem with the lizard men trying to find their place was the old ones left. So what do we do? Oh well, we rely on these mage priests that have seen them, that have you know known them. Yeah. Well, once they've all died, oh no! Now what the fuck do we do? Now nobody's even seen our gods. Ooh, next best thing. Yeah, so now we're going to do the next best thing. Oldest. And then, you know, you just keep going down the cast for there. And, like, we've seen in countless of these uh, videos we've done here, um, the maid, the lizard men are very um, hierarchy-based. Like, you are in your cast, and if you're in your cast, you stay in your cast. You don't yeah. move up. You don't move down. That is your position in life. And you know what? Most of the lizard men are happy with that. Um, born into what you are yeah i mean they all spawn at the same time so <laughs> we all just popped out of the pool together why not all take the same job <laughs> they all just pop up out of this pool ready break <laughs> yeah. and go <laughs> put on your armor boys okay the lizard men all revere the old ones as mighty deities <coughs> the ancient and long forgotten creators of this very world Many long, bloody millennia have passed since the collapse of the polar gates and the departure of the Old Ones. No living slon mage priest remains to speak of them, and so they have passed from memory into legend. Ever since then, the enigmatic Old Ones have come to be regarded not as benevolent rulers of an order spanning the universe and the dimensions, but now as a distant, long-lost pantheon of hungry gods. With no first-hand knowledge of the Old Ones, and with their records scattered and incomplete since the Great Catastrophe, the Lizardmen have but a fragmented picture of their creators. The sacred plaques are replete with oblique and obscure references to various old ones and their deeds. And from these, the Lizardmen have come to associate specific traits with individual old ones. Talanxa, for example, is an old one described in many glyphs as the embodiment of the warlike nature of the Lizardmen. And a pair of matching glyphs sequence in Hexodal and Itza make reference to him riding an almighty sky chariot. Which, you know what? 
could have just been their big ass spaceship. <laughs> because remember, the old ones are a galactic spanning yeah. Um, yeah, race. Yeah, peaced out. Yeah. So I mean, if the lizard men, which they don't, don't have technology like that, what would you fucking call a spaceship? I mean, if you're running around in chariots and riding horses, it's just a big chariot. Like, <laughs> takes you somewhere. Yeah, just like yeah. us, just like us, and like UFOs and shit, and all the different types of things that we yeah, humans yeah. claim that they are. Yeah, you try to fit them into something you know, like yeah. it's a schema. You fit it into something that makes sense. So, I mean, it's not guaranteed that that's a spaceship. Maybe it is just a big ass fucking chariot. Which you never know in this universe. Which would be cool. Too. Yeah, which would be fucking dope too. But you never know in this universe. So it, either one could be true. Yeah. It's flying around. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah, it flies. It's a flying chariot that's fucking almighty. So. An almighty UFO. Quetly is spoken of in the sacred plaques of Hexodal as the pro- protector of the true way. Zodal, the old one after which the temple city is named is described in every sequence that mentions him as the chooser of those destined for greatness. As the lizard men have come into conflict with more than more and more races, those old ones associated with the martial aspect of the lizard men's nature have come to the fore. Because the lizard men just at this point, whatever they need in their culture, so if they're in a bunch of wars, they they tend to worship the warlike gods. If they need more you know culture or whatever they worship those types of gods they kind of switch back and forth about which one is like the most prevalent in their society Mm. which i mean makes sense like back in ancient greece if you were going on a trip you know you might pray to hermes for a fucking or is that rome i always get my greek and roman pantheons confused But you for for a safe trip, you pray to you know the messenger that you get there quickly because that's kind of his thing. You know, if you want a bountiful harvest, you pray to the god of harvest. You know, so if you're at war all the time, you pray to Ares. You know, so (laughs) yeah, that's what's nice about having a pantheon. We we pray to Kratos over here. Eh. Uh, a lizardman offering up the bodies of the slain to his thirsting gods. The worship of the old ones is highly ritualistic in its affair, but its exact form depends on the deity in question and the nature of the worshiper who conducts it. The mage priests, for example, preside over all manner of ceremonies that occur within his domain, but yet remain impassive throughout the entire experience. A mage priest may be carried to a high altar to make the ceremony an official event, yet he would remain in his meditation trance all the while, completely unaware or uncaring of the ceremony itself. As such, it is the skink priests that actually carry out the many and varied observances uh, and rites associated with each old one. Hmm. I mean, we've talked about this time and time again. The mage priests just sleep all day, essentially. They transport their consciousness to other places to do things and strengthen the geometric web and all that fun jazz. So they just don't wake up. After the Great Catastrophe, the mage priests, I mean, half of them fucking just died in the Great Catastrophe trying to not let the world explode. Um, And the other half used up so much of their power that they're essentially comatose for most of their life. Like, um... So, and the fact that those are the leaders, it can be pretty difficult to get certain things done. So the skink priests kind of step in and fill that role. 
And I mean, we've talked about a couple times when a skink priest kind of takes power, mm-hmm. like the uh, the cult of Sotek. You know, that was started by a skink priest. That wasn't that wasn't the uh, Slon mage priests. That wasn't anybody other. The skinks started that. <laughs> so like, um, it does come into play in the lore and their culture that you know not always is the guy that has the power the one that's pulling the strings right um which i think is really cool that like warhammer has developed their lore so much that like there's these intricate webs of like yeah this guy's the most powerful doesn't mean he's calling the shots in the civilization not always i mean when he wakes up (laughs) but like there's so much in-depth lore into these races that it's just nuts like i can't go i couldn't talk this long on most of the lore of like world of warcraft i bet i bet you if i went on the history of night elves or orcs in world of warcraft i could probably fit two hours but this is what probably going on hour five six yeah of talking back yeah so like there and this is just one race like there's and there's this much lore for pretty much every other race out there like orcs dwarves humans i mean dwarves and humans might have more lore than the lizard men um because those are the popular races yeah um like it's I don't know. just i like some these lizard men were pretty cool. lizard men are cool i like them i like beast men beast men are nuts beast men they are chaos worshippers jesus christ <laughs> yeah beast men are just nuts um i play one in my in our um uh rogue trader campaign that uh, our friend is DMing. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I have a pre. Awesome. I have a prehensile tail. It holds a lava gun. <laughs> it's great. I dual wield bolter or bolt pistols, which are essentially um, they they're two round burst pistols that fire explosive rounds, and then my tail has a gun that essentially shoots lava. <laughs> and it's beautiful it is so much fun that's awesome i love it but i can't be seen by anybody that isn't in our party because i will get executed because <laughs> i'm a mutant <laughs> or because this takes place in warhammer 40k if any for anybody listening if you're interested rogue trader is if you like dungeons and dragons and you're like i kind of want like a space themed D, rogue trader is fucking awesome and it is essentially space D. um the only problem is you're going to have to try to find a PDF of the the handbook, which is doable. It takes some research. It takes some time to find a fucking PDF of that. <laughs> but that or you could buy one for like 300 bucks. They're fucking expensive Jesus. because there weren't that many made and they're pretty old at this point. So if you want a player's handbook for Rogue Trader, it's like 300 fucking bucks. Damn. Unless you just get a PDF online, which you can do. I've done it. Um but anyways, uh, it takes place in the 40K universe, which humans have essentially um, expanded galactic um, civilization. They take over worlds uh, and they fight chaos a bunch. Um, and the Empire, which is what their nation is called, uh, they don't like anything that isn't human at all, ever. And they count mutants as that. And if you uh, are seen by a mutant, or if you were seen as a mutant, you get taken and executed. Damn. Yeah, the ecclesiarchy does not fuck around. <laughs> well, good thing you have a lava fucking. Yeah, no, and I'm good at hiding. 
It's great. It's also hilarious because I'm a goat man, so I have hooves and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Clickety clack. Somehow managed to um, actually role play a goat, and I'm amazing at climbing. Like I am literally amazing at climbing that. Goats I'm like a mountain really goat. In- exactly. Yeah. I'm like a fucking mountain goat. You're climbing that fucking vertical and it wall was, that they can do. Yeah, it was Christ. not planned at all. It just fucking happened. As we kept going, I got so many buffs to my climb skill. I'm like, Connor was like, I, I'm like, can I climb that wall? He's like, it's pretty much a sheer wall. I'm like, you know I can like pass that with like seven degrees of success, right? I'm like, you can give me a minus 50 and I still have like a 40 to 50 percent chance to fucking pass <laughs> like come on i was like I, it just happened man it just happens that's why i like games like D and stuff like that you always take a character and you're like i think i know which way this character is gonna go and then just out of left field something yeah. fucking happens yeah and you're like nope new way <laughs> yeah when we started playing with mike and and uh carson over there uh last year before the whole pandemic hit I was saying, I was like, damn, I was like, I never even like played this before, but I was like, it's just like anything can happen. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird. No. Um, it's weird how like, I really want to get my campaign restarted cause we were pretty much about halfway through it. We were level 10, which is like the highest my yeah. campaign's gotten. Yeah. Um, we normally have to end up stopping for one reason or another this year. This time was fucking COVID of course. Um, I would love to start, you know, uh, keep doing that. The world's homebrewed. Uh, I have homebrewed races, classes. Um, I put a shaman class into the game because there is no shaman class in the game, which I mm. thought was weird. Um, and stuff like that. I'd love to get a reboot of that. Uh, maybe put some videos out on it, uh, whatnot. But uh, I just, I love D&D because you can do stuff like, you know, the lizard men. You can literally make a backstory make a race and just go as hard as you want with this lore like that is what i love about warhammer that they have done not only have they put a lot of races into the game they have put a lot of thought into each race and made it very distinctive incredibly yeah like the lizard men are completely different from every other race there's not another race that's similar the orcs completely different even from other fantasy orcs yeah completely different there's not another fantasy orc that is anything like warhammer orcs yeah dwarves in warhammer are honestly they're kind of like dwarves in other fantasies but they are still pretty unique dwarves fucking hold grudges they never fucking forget (laughs) they literally have the great book of grudges (laughs) <laughs> their leader carries around a big in book in case they run into anybody that literally yeah no literally every single grudge gets written in the book and it must be stricken from the book <laughs> and if there are too many grudges in the book at any one time that have not been stricken the dwarves essentially riot like that's fucking awesome there's too many grudges yeah let's like, go yeah too many people have fucking wronged us and we haven't fucking slapped them back what the <laughs> fuck are we doing <laughs> yeah like i mean 
dwarves across fantasy are normally seen as being like hold a grudge, but yeah. Warhammer took it to a fucking new level. Yeah. With like they literally their their leader in current like at present right now would be called Thorgrim Grudgebearer. <laughs> Grudgebearer. And he is the one he's literally in the game. Four dwarves carry his throne that he sits on and there's a big book in front of him is and he's writing in it. Fuck and then you Tom. Yeah. Where are you at, Billy? <laughs> Get over here, Cletus. You getting in this book. And yeah, and literally, um, I haven't played dwarves too much in the new game because I like all the other races and I like playing with them, but I know in Total War One, um, any action that was taken against you, so if a hero from another faction walked up to you and tried to assault your units or whatever, into the grudge book. You now have to assassinate that hero to get that fucking grudge stricken. An army, a fucking person takes your city into the grudge book. You need to get that city back to strike that grudge. He beats you in a fight into the grudge book. You need to beat him in the fucking Still fight now. Counts as one. <laughs> yeah, like it's crazy um, what the dwarves do. Uh, the humans are pretty stereotypical humans. Actually, they like they don't like other races and they just kind of want to murder everybody and take over the planet. Uh, <laughs> as according to 40k, that's who wins. But like we've said before, 40k lore and total and Warhammer lore are separate. Yeah. They are not canon together. Yeah. So just because this is happening in Warhammer does not mean this is how it happened in 40k. Um, but. Yeah, like Warhammer is such a lore-rich universe that I am happy to speak on it. Fuck yeah. And I, I have a lot of fun, you know, going through the history of like the Lizard Men. Uh Kemri are probably what I would choose next. Uh Kemri are really cool. Uh you, if you can't tell I tend to like ancient cultures like Aztecs, Mayans, awesome. Yeah. Kemri are essentially Egyptians. Oh. Um except they are undead Egyptians. <laughs> Uh, Kemri are undead, and they are pharaohs that have risen from the grave with their eternal servants. Wow. That is their culture. Damn. They don't even pay for their armies in the game, because all of their armies are just servants. Like, they, they don't pay. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, which is just, I, I love the culture of the Kemri. They get giant battle sphinxes and giant, um, I think they have a giant scorpion. Uh, stuff like that. They're so cool. They have Anubis warriors that just have giant bows. Uh, they're so much fun to play, and they've got a lot of um, flavor behind them. And an interesting fact that even shows Warhammer lore and 40k lore are separate. Um, Kemri and Undead are canon in Warhammer. Undead are not canon in 40k Mm, undead i don't if i know if i remember my lore right and maybe this has changed because um connor and i used to talk about this all the time but uh he told me that undead are not canon in 40k so unless that's changed within like the last year or two uh, yeah undead just don't exist in that universe but they exist in uh, warhammer so, like, there are subtle differences to the lore yeah. that you might not know. Um, yeah, different adaptations. Yeah, and they, I mean, the thing is, they have the same name. They're produced by the same company. So, a lot of people just kind of assume, oh, same lore. Well, not technically. Yeah, it's cool. A little yeah. flexibility. Yeah, and that's why, like, you can do... It, it does. It adds a lot of flexibility to the point where, like, if if Warhammer wanted to, they could just kill the humans. 
Like, they could say, okay, Chaos wins. Like, planet's gone. Yeah. If they wanted to. It wouldn't affect 40K at all. Because it's in a separate universe. Yeah. So, like, you have full creative, um, you know, you have full artistic creativity to write your story how you see fit. Because it will not interfere with the future. Because people would be like, oh, well, that didn't happen in the past, so why is it like this in the future? Well, well, <laughs> it, it did happen like that in the past. <laughs> yeah. Just wrong universe there. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, this has been awesome. We wrapped up Lizardmen. It's been a three-parter. We had another fucking three-parter. Uh, first one since Assassin's Creed. Yeah. It was awesome. I love listening to it. How about you, Pappy? Always enjoy it. Always enjoy it. We miss Mike. Mike wasn't here, but I'm Bud Walker. I'm Seth. And I'm Pappy. We'll see you next week's kids. Watch out for those shape-shifting reptiles. They'll get you. <laughs> and fire-breathing salamanders. That too. Watch your balls. And sentient quicksand. I think that's the end of the list, but I'll let you know if we come up with any more. <laughs>